welcome to another episode of Anne's Annotations. Um, today, this is sort of going to be like a bonus episode. Anyway, I just felt like doing another episode because um, something caught my interest and I actually wrote the script quite quickly. So, yeah. Anyway, welcome to Anne's Annotations, a podcast about literature and anything else that I am interested in that is somewhat related to literature. And before I continue, I would just like thank you anyone who's listening. Um, I know I'm quite, I'm not very consistent. Um, I'm still quite new and I guess it's, it's also I don't really know who my audiences are and so I I don't know exactly how I'm doing this yet. I haven't figured it out yet, but um if you could guys if you guys could leave me feedbacks that would be great. It would be lovely. And I might try to actually start to upload um every week on a Friday or I sh- actually I might have to switch it to Saturday. Maybe like I'll do sort of a long sort of uh, in-depth analysis every two weeks and in between I would do like a short thing about any language literature related things that I find interesting Um, yeah and which is exactly what is what I'm doing today essentially so um, today's episode is about the idea of reappropriation of words or the conundrum of stigmatized words. So, um, I would just like to explain what I mean by stigmatized words. I would like to expand on that where words, they're not just sort of textual words as in the words you read um, in, you know, books and novels and any printed medium or digital medium but also like the visual symbols and signs and forms that sort of is associated and comes with the word and you know the most popular example of this I think would be the swastika and I think we all know by now the whole thing and the fact that the actual symbol of the swastika um, came first from Buddhism in Southeast Asia and although it is mainly used now in Japan you know it is still it still originated from Buddhism yet especially in the West the sign has been appropriated much by the Nazis to the point that there has been initiatives in Japan to redesign their religious symbols in order to accommodate the Western immigrants slash tourists, um, especially with the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, which is now postponed. Um, And so, so the point of this podcast is to ask the question, should we give in to the, um, this new appropriation of the word? Um, should Japan follow up with this initiative 
Are they entitled, or actually, are they entitled to retain their control over the meaning? You know, retain the inner initial Buddhist meaning of the sign. And what does it mean to actually give in to the change? Um, so lately, I've been quite interested in this topic area because of the rising, you know, political correctness within the language space, and this has prompted me to consider the idea of appropriating a word or a sign. In particular, the idea of perhaps reappropriating a word or a sign, meaning to take back the control over the original meaning of a particular word. Again, with the swastika,、um, you know, should Southeast Asian Buddhist Buddhism take back their right of control over the meaning of the word swastika? As in, should they not be allowed? Like, should they be allowed to adorn the symbol as a Buddhist sign without feeling bad or being shamed? On the one hand, it is understandable.、Um, the under understandable argument is that the new meaning, as appropriated throughout the Nazi Germany and the Holocaust, is way too traumatic to be erased. And trauma isn't、uh, isn't something that washes away easily, no matter the time that has you know the, how much time has passed, especially in the West where this is most concerned with. Of course, the oppressive meaning of the swastika is more powerful than for those perhaps who you know came from Southeast Asia. And so stigmatized this word is, and the symbol has become, that often in the discourse of the West, the word evokes you no know, white supremacy and ethnic cleansing, which often makes it confusing for tourists who、uh, come to Japan and see that as a religious symbol. Although this situation might have changed by now, I have no clue. On the other hand, one has to wonder why it should be like that, especially when the sign originated first in Japanese Buddhism, at least in Buddhism in general. I don't know exactly the origin.、Um, I think I've I've noted it down somewhere, but I don't know. I'm just completely sort of forgotten <laughs> details.、Um, anyway, I personally find it absolutely quite ironic and. Quite morbidly funny that this word now carries with it a dichotomous and polemic definition, one which is used for peace, and the other one is you know、uh, connotes one of the most horrendous atrocity of of the twenty first century,、um, not twenty first,、uh, the twentieth century. Yet, although this hasn't brought any real changes yet. Especially now that Japan has to postpone their twenty twenty Olympic season, the fact that they even felt、uh, necessary to do that either shows that they are aware of the stigma and just want to avoid any confusion, you know, to to, to、uh, encourage tourists to come, or have they given in to the Western cultural imperialism? 
what would be the consequences if all meanings from Asia or Southeast Asia on a global stage are dictated by the Western culture? One can argue that, well, it is sensible and pragmatic for them to redesign it since we are living in a globalized world where international recognized icons are in demand in order to avoid conflict born from misunderstandings. Yet on the other hand, isn't globalization and international most often really just mean the US with the extension of Europe? Of course, this is also explained by who is politically more powerful on the international stage. You know, so long as the US and the EU remain the most powerful politically um, on the interna international stage, what is international and global is dictated by them. Nevertheless, this still points to a kind of cultural imperialism. Now, I am not debating whether or not this is a bad thing or a good thing. All I'm pointing out is that the what the empirical reality of how the world works at the moment. By changing this, it would submit to the idea that when it comes to cross-cultural or international culture, quote-unquote, Western sensitivities are de facto um, global sensitivities. However, this could change if new political entity you know, start to dominate over the quote global sphere. Um, I think some some candidates, you know, have been like China, but I think what's particular is also they are not only politically uh, powerful, but they their culture has and this their sort of moral has permeated through a lot of international lens. I think most of the times when you look through the international lens you I mean up until maybe the 21st century it is predominantly through um, Western morality um, so even if you know for example China comes into power it's not it's um, it doesn't necessarily lead to um, the US and the EU losing grip over I guess um, the moral imperialism in a way but then you know post enlightenment and all of, all of that things might change who knows um, anyway so that was one of the big bigger example of the, the debate surrounding this conundrum that is stigmatized words and whether or not a certain entity is allowed to quote reappropriate the dominant or just retaining its original meaning. Um, another word is another example is the N word, which is arguably even more controversial, and especially now in this context, in this political climate, and also the fact that the history of its meaning is quite the reverse of the swastika. So whereas the swastika has an older meaning that had a more positive connotation uh, and then its its appropriation has distorted it and put um, 
morphed it into one of the most horrendous signifier of human tragedy. The N-word started off by being one of the most racist epithet word as the result of legacy of slavery. Yet, in more recent times, especially in subsequent um, subsequent to the rise of hip-hop and rap music, where the word is used a lot by black people to mean buddy, some people are starting to feel that they, you know, if they listen to this music a lot, that means that it is okay for them to use it. As in, the hip-hop culture is so pr- prominent amongst now you know, many white young people which leads them to feel you know f- um, to have a sense of belonging in a way many of them start to feel as if they are you know a part of the culture which subsequently also entails the right to say the word yet although many now would argue that the word is used in a more friendly slander to mean buddy the original derogatory racist connotations still prevails, um, you know, especially in the context of like a classroom or other people who are not black using it. Um, it and also, actually, um, partly the result of this this sense of, as in like reason why some people might feel they they have the right is partly the result of the promotion of the n-word through rappers and some black people who would use it in their day-to-day life and you know if if a white person is surrounded by them who are friends with them they might feel the the right in a way to say that and um, you know you know, lots of black people now sometimes use it amongst themselves to mean homie or bro. And again, because of that culture is quite mainstream now in a way that actually many people who are not familiar with English um, that much, don't speak English that fluently, think that it is okay to use it since you know they they listen to it in in the context of like rap music or you know some some black comedians they also use it in their um comedy sketches and because you know it is used now in the context of you know friendliness in a way um which could lead some people to think that it is it is okay um you know and 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 even I don't know if if it is just because they only listen to the word in the context of um you know rap music or black comedy as in like comedies from black american comedians um they 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 don't acknowledge or they just sort of forget the race the the um, the word as a racist epithet um i'm not so sure anyway although the black people have managed to reappropriate the word you know to use amongst themselves as i've 
mentioned. Yet again, um, as I've said, it when it is uttered by a white person or in in class, it evokes it still evokes the most uncomfortable and unbearable atmosphere. And I've actually recent recently listened to this TED talk where actually besides the rap music, the other place that you actually encounter the word the most frequent is in classroom, especially in literature or history, um, especially if you, if you're studying in America or American studies. And there are many debates surrounding the usage of it, yet there, as in like you know some some quick um, opinionated sort of anchor or very brief sort of de- debates about it on news. There hasn't been any long academic debate, you know, you know, debate that you actually listen to one another instead of just shouting and and you know canceling each other. Uh, but I do think it is essential for all of us to actually discuss the usage of the word, the the N word. Of course, again, discussing the usage of it doesn't entail actually. Um, enunciate it um, because the n-word is in the first 21st century quite inescapable it's almost everywhere as long as um, as long as America dominates the world uh, through its culture or politics as in like mostly culture I wouldn't say politic culture um, or um, as long as rap music and the mainstream black culture remain the way they are, it's quite inevitable. And especially the fact that, you know, the the black American English vernacular, I know that's quite a long name, but that vernacular has become sort of the lingua franca of the, the younger generations now. Um, so again, the N-word is 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 a bit everywhere so we do need to actually debate and talk about it of course talking actually listening to one another um and not just um shouting again uh and again there there is a difference between discussing the usage of it and the actual application of the usage of the word in the real world you know because but because as long as we remain silent and shush about it, we'll never be able to help others and make and help them make sense of of it in their current climate. Because again, we we hear it a lot, I think, but none of us. I mean, some of us, and hopefully most of us, still know that if you're not black, especially, um, you shouldn't really be using the word, especially if it is addressed to. A black person um, but but um, but there are people who are sadly a bit ignorant about it who are only again like in the peripheral sort of of American culture you know they only yeah they are sort of on the peripheral of the culture and usually on the peripheral what what is there is mainly mainstream mainstream stuff that reaches there. 
Uh, furthermore, what complicates this a bit is the N word sound just like another word, which has nothing to do with it. Um, which uh, I can't. I, I, I forgot the definition, but it means like um, a bit shady, I guess. That, that I think that's the definition of the other word that sounds like the N word, but is um, written differently, and it's. Etymology is completely different, um, and actually, many got it themselves into muddy water when using such terms, even if they used it in the correct context.、Um, or, for example, this word sounds a lot like some word in Korean or China. And actually, I had a Chinese roommate. And I think it is Mandarin, or is, or maybe it's Cantonese. I'm sorry, I'm not so sure. I think I've asked her before, but now I've just—it's been a while, and I just forgot. Anyway, um, it's it's sort of like a common recurring word she used, as if it's 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 like our ums and uhs, or or something like that. I think I'm not so sure. It's just because she she says it a lot. Again, of course, it has nothing to do with the the N word in the English language, but again, people still feel uncomfortable even if they know the meaning of that word in Chinese or Korean. And actually, I've I think recently, not recently, but some time ago, there were, there was also this controversial thing about、uh, people calling out I think G Dragon, who's a K-pop star, for saying the word. Well, not saying the actual word, but saying a word in Korean that sounds very similar to the N word. Anyway,、um, and again, it's it's not only with Americans, but anyone who knows about the American history to some extent, and the American culture, you know, being educated about the whole thing. You know, those people still feel uncomfortable.、Um, And sometimes I myself feel slightly off whenever I hear the word in K-pop songs, even though I'm not American or I live in America, nor do I live in America. And why? Well, again, I think it is linked to the fact that international means American, therefore, Americans' problem is sometimes a bit treated as an international problem.、Um, I mean, you know, people are just fascinated by America and. Anything, everything that happens there sometimes I think still dominates the the, the news, the world, the world's concern. And again, it's because of the U.S. political and cultural status on the international stage, and also again because the N word is exists in the English language. And as long as you know, like、uh, you know, when you learn English in your class. You would inevitably probably learn about this, so you would know. And because I know it well enough, you know, I, 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 and again, the connotations, again, the bad connotation sort of overwhelms whatever other meaning that the word may have. So that was another example of the conundrum of stigmatized words. Which, to be honest, I don't have any solution that I can suggest. Really, I personally don't say the 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 N word. 
Yet with the swastika one, I am more inclined that Japan uh, don't need to change their symbols. But I think it is a very interesting area to look into. You know, who gets to decide the meaning of a word or a symbol? You know, I think also there's the argument that if we are more silent about the N word, or we don't use it, or we only only use the euphemism, we are giving it more power. You know, and, and if if your goal, I guess, is to stop giving it power, the power to um, insult and belittle someone with it, then some people might say it needs to come into current usage. In order to reduce its power, and you know, some actually, and actually, I will actually go on to that. Um, you know, who decides the meaning of the word? Is it a bad thing that some people dictates the meaning over others, or should we just, you know, that's the way it is. That's history. You know, should we should only history dictate the meaning of the word? And it's a very complicated history. Also entails culture and all the shenanigans.、Um, and anyway, in both cases, it seems that Western concern is more prominent in both examples I've given.、Um, there might be other examples that I don't know of, but then you know, if you're talking about English language, it is still mainly U.S. and the U.K. or Canada or Australia. But、um, I'm quite sure there, there are other examples in other languages.、Um, and the word is overwhelmed by a horrendous and traumatic history. You know, because the these are about words that are seen as hurtful words or inappropriate words. Often, it is that traumatic history that sort of overwhelms whatever else. Meaning it can have, which I think I've already said that,、um, but you know I've, I've sort of tried to go on to before is that so, actually some of the hurtful words, insults have been appropriated, reappropriated, we could say, by a group、um, in order to reduce the power, the impact of the word, in a way. Because, for example, like a lot of slang slurs, for you know, other than the N word, for like、um, hom- homosexuality and all of that, or women, <laughs> for example, it has been reappropriated in a way by the victim of the words. So actually, that's the thing. I think most of the time when it is reappropriated, it is by the Um, demographic who are the victim of the word, who sort of reappropriate that to empower themselves, but that but it's only when they use it that's the thing. It's the impact, the hurtfulness, the insult is still there when people from the other demographic, who or from the dem- demographic who used to be those who. You know, with the oppressors, in a way,、um, if if the word is used by them, even if it's, they try to mean by you know being a friendly slang, you know, like translate homie or bro, 
the impact and the nature and some of the connotations is still there. So in a way, the power hasn't gone yet. Like, not of course, maybe not in all cases, but I still think, especially with the N word, that's that's how I feel.、Um, that's how it is at the moment. Is that you know black people can use it and you know empowering themselves in a way. I I don't know exactly, but when a white person or just any other person from other races who say it, the insult and the hurtfulness is still there. Anyway, that was a fruit for thought.、Um, what do you guys think?、Um, I just I just find this quite fascinating. And it's very interesting、um, about the power dynamic between in in the meanings between the meanings of a word, and it's interesting.、Um, you know, is it negotiable? You know, especially again in cases of words that I mean, lots of words have changed meaning over time, but still、uh, keeping their form. But you know. Particularly words that have been used, you know, in in oppression and very traumatic events. Those words, the meaning, using in those contexts, sometimes overpowers any other meaning, possible meaning, that that word, that form can carry. So yeah, it's very interesting.、Um, what do you guys think about it? And yeah,、uh, that's. It for this week, little extra episode. I'll be back with another, a more in-depth sort of analysis, like the other ones I've been doing.、Um, and it would be nice if I can hear from you guys some feedbacks, as in, you know, was my audio right?、Uh, is my voice not too sleepy? I don't know. And. Did you guys enjoy it? What would you guys want me to focus more on in a way?、Um, and what books would you like me to look into and discuss and read, read to in order to discuss in future episodes? Anyway, thank you very much and goodbye.